This is Jake McKinley, aka Skin, the owner of the Fresh Prince of Hell Air, the two-time Flog Champion, and you are now listening to the Flogcast Network. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Flogcast Network. Jay Ruff in the house today. It's going to be a glorious episode today. Uh, we are going to discuss the great NFC South, and I said we, so that means I have a buddy with me. I have the commissioner of the Flog League, the great Scotty Benzine. How's it going, Scotty? It's going great. Um, yeah, glad to be on the podcast and ready to talk about NFC South and uh, most importantly about those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right, that is the main reason why we have you on here. Your Buccaneers is one of the four teams in this division and it's always great to uh, have the great commissioner with us today. Uh, we are, Scotty, we are getting closer. It is, it is Friday. So we, uh, tomorrow will be one week left um, until the big draft night. Are you getting exciting prepping for your second year as commissioner? Yeah, yep. I'm uh, getting excited. I actually took off next Friday off of oh, work boy. so I can head up early and set some things up, make sure everything's going to run smoothly when people actually show up. So, you know, that's actually a good idea. Maybe I, you know, I probably should probably do that as, you know, as good as a vice commissioner as I should be, I should probably do that at least half a day. Well, I think we both know uh, uh, Q wouldn't have done that last year when he was uh, uh, vice commissioner, but uh, you know, it's, it's you know, comparing uh, beautiful apples to a uh, gross orange, if you will. Uh, but <laughs> uh, going on, sticking with Scotty, the uh, flog news. If you are listening to the intro of this podcast, we normally have um, our uh, uh, lead guys, one of our owners, doing the intro today. It was our two-time uh, champion, Jacob McKinley, and he kind of announced uh, his new. Uh, his new team name, his fantasy football team name. And the last five years, Scotty, he has been the high-flying Hawaiians, uh, mainly because, you know, he is a Titans fan, as we all know, and he is a uh, uh, Mariota fan, but he has moved his town somewhere else. And so he has moved, and he has changed his name. And I wrote it down here uh, because it's kind of weird, but it is the uh, Prince – uh, no, I'm sorry. Fresh Prince of Hilaire. I repeat, the Fresh Prince of Hilaire. So he kind of, you know, he announced his new name, Scotty. He also, as we kind of already knew, he announced who he's going to be picking up in the first uh, round in his very first pick. And, and if you're new to this league, he, he does not have, Ed, you know, Edwards yet. Uh, he has the number one pick in the draft. So he basically just announced who he was picking up. That is his new name, Scotty. What do you think about uh, his name there, name change? Um, I think it's a, it's a bit much to put that much pressure on your first uh, – on a rookie <laughs> running back panning out. I mean, everybody right. expects Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to be awesome and come in and dominate right away. But um, if you remember just a few years back, there was another guy who was drafted highly and – um, a first-round pick that was a big running back expected to come in and dominate the league, and that was Trent Richardson. And we mm. all know how that turned out. Didn't so, you? Yeah, it, that wasn't good. No. Yeah, and <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think 
uh, Clyde is going to a lot better situation with the Chiefs and a better team overall than Trent ever did. But um, just because they're a first-round pick doesn't mean they're going to pan out. So that's a lot of pressure. Uh, he might be wanting to change that name uh, a few weeks into the season if something happens with Clyde or he just doesn't produce or whatever the case may be. Oh, boy, wouldn't that be funny? Uh, <laughs> he's, yeah, he's putting a – He's putting everything in that Hilaire uh, backpack for sure. Um, you know, of course, last year he had a number one draft pick as well. Second overall, he picked up Josh Jacobs. Um, but he's definitely relying on that rookie in, in uh, Kansas City to carry his team. We'll see how that pans out for him. Uh, after he changed his name, you really maybe think about uh, the history of the name changing. Uh that was his first time in five years that he has changed his name. Like I said, it was a high-flying Lions. Now he's on to his second name change. Uh, Keegan, you know, made me think about all the names that have, you know, have been changed. And Keegan Scott is leading uh, the name-changing department. Uh, he has changed his name. And we're approaching our sixth year. He has changed his name four times, Scotty, since we started back in 2015. Um, that is a lot. And mainly because... He has changed it up, you know, after every player that he's had. Let me go through the history. Very first year, he was Touchdown Teddy uh, for uh, <laughs> Teddy Briswater. Uh, he had that name for one year, moved on to Saved by Odell because uh, he did have Odell Beckham. So he had that name for two years. I uh, traded him, so he had to change that name. I think midseason, he changed it to the Girlies Gone Wild uh, when he had uh, <laughs> uh, Gurley. Uh, he had that name for only one year. Then last year, he was the Magic School Bus. Uh, so hopefully, knock on wood, of course, Scott East, he keeps that name for a long period of time because that is his favorite team. Um, yeah, but the way Keegan operates, I, I wouldn't count on it. Um, right. Yep, absolutely. Which, uh, <laughs> that being said, I don't mind changing your name up. I think it's I think it's fun to be able to switch your name up. Um I've been in the league two years and I've had two cha name changes myself. So right. just like to switch it up. Um, not like the Coon Squad or Blount Force or these guys that just pick a name or the LeBron Kings. Like, come on, LeBron's not even a football player. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, at least, you know, I'm not bragging or anything, but me and, me and Connor has had the only two that are left that has not had a name change. Uh, Quentin. Going back in his history, his very first year was the Chip Kelly's Puppets. <laughs> the Chip oh, Kelly's Puppets. That was his first name. And then he moved to Once Upon a Time his second year. Uh, he had that for two years. Then he finally moved to the Blount Force. Um, so that's the name he currently has. And with you, you were the Tom Brady Bunch uh, your first year. And then last year, he moved to, to Juju's in the Attic. And we were just talking before the show. I'm going to announce already that you're maybe considering changing it. But you're, you're like you said, you're like skin. You like changing those names. Pretty fun. Yep. Yeah. It's just, um, I mean, I don't have Tom Brady on my team anymore. Um, Juju is not the star that I thought he was going to be. So it's just, uh, it's up for debate right now. I got a couple other bouncing around my head um, oh boy. of team names. So. <laughs> I might have to announce one of those before the season. Are you still planning on keeping Juju? Now, I had it on pencil that you were. Is that still in the plan? Uh, I mean, he's definitely in that keeper conversation. Um, right. 
I, I have a few guys that are right there on the cusp of for that fourth spot. I mean, I have Mahomes is a for sure keeper, Tyreek Hill for sure keeper, Travis Kelsey for sure keeper, so the three Chiefs. Um, and then that fourth spot, there's a couple guys that looking at um, who's going to benefit my team the most in that fourth keeper spot. So um, I'm leaning Juju, but I'm not 100% ready to say that he's my keeper. Right. Well, we are getting down to, like I said, tomorrow uh, is getting one week from draft day. So getting a little bit closer to when those keepers have to be submitted in the flog league. So moving on, Scotty, to the NFL news. Um, and we don't really have anything big. Just real quick going over some small stuff. Uh, Miles Sanders week to week. Look at it with his lower body injury. Uh, there's also... Um, Paris Campbell's doing pretty good in camp. Also with uh, Dawson Knox from Buffalo Bills. Another thing that I wanted to talk about just a little bit is Mr. Des Bryant is getting uh, work done with the Baltimore Ravens, just doing some workouts. If let's say they do pick up or any team, Scotty, they pick up Des Bryant. Is he someone to look at in a draft? No. No. <laughs> um, I'm actually shocked. I didn't realize Des Bryant is only 31 years old. Right. Um, yeah. He's really young. I mean, he's younger than a lot of guys that are still playing at a high level. I mean, uh, I think he's around the same age as Julio. Mm-hmm. Uh, A.J. Green missed last season with that injury, but he's only 32 or 33. I mean, um, yeah, I was actually surprised to see that Des Bryant was as young as he is. He's been out of football for a couple of years now. Yeah, since 2017, it was his last game played, but he still says he's in shape, he's motivated, and he wants to play in 2020. So. Um, yeah, I even if he works out for the, the Ravens, um, I don't know. Uh, I think Hollywood Brown's their number one target, and then well, him and Mark Andrews, um, and outside of that, they have a couple guys that are lesser wide receivers like Miles Boykin or Willie Sneed. But right. um, I don't know how much Des Bryant would move the needle for that passing game. Probably not much. I mean, I don't – yeah. I mean, even if he lands on any kind of team, I don't – you know, maybe you see him falling to the waiver wire. Somebody throws the dice on him. Who knows? But um, not much there. Well, it's something that, you know, you have to see what happens after – couple of weeks for me to be able to feel confident to pick up the guy uh who knows uh so and then of course Darius guys is in deep uh, in some more uh poo-poo um nothing big to discuss there so we will go on to the topic of the day uh the nfc south we will take a quick pause Scotty, and move on to that great division all right all right all right i'll be right back Are you tired of going through classified ads and online directories to find your new home? Did you know you can hire a real estate agent to help pinpoint the most suitable home for you and your family? Relieve the stress of finding a home and setting up viewings. Well, we'll connect with Mr. Keegan Scott at EXP Realty and he'll be able to find the home of your dreams. Visit exprealty.com and Mr. Keegan Scott will help you find the home that suits you and your family. All righty, all 
everybody. Welcome back. Uh, so, yes, Scotty, we are here discussing the great division of the NFC South. Uh, last year, um, <laughs> there was, you know, not a lot of competition with the Saints. They, they were by far the best team in the division with a 13-3 and record uh, with the New Orleans Saints. And then Falcons, 7-9, your great bucks. Also seven to nine, and then the McCaffrey Panthers were uh, five and ten. So with with this division this year, where do you see? Is it maybe the same order? Maybe with the Bucks being a little bit better uh, than the Falcons, or how do you think see this uh, division laying out? Um, we'll start with the bottom, and I think that's going to be the Panthers again. Um, they had I think ten or eleven picks in the draft this year. And yeah, all went to defense, yeah. <laughs> every single pick was a defensive player. Right, um, crazy. They're trying to build up that defense. Uh, they know that they have to get better because they're going up against three high-flying offenses in this division. Um, Falcons, Saints, and Bucks are all high-scoring, high-passing volume offenses. And so the Panthers realize that they're going to have a shot in the years to come. They need to beef up that defense significantly. Um I think their offense is going to be pretty much um, a lot of the same of what we saw last year, feeding the ball to McCaffrey, uh, short to intermediate passing game. Now that they got Bridgewater, that's kind of his specialty. Um, last year after Cam went down, uh, that's kind of what they had to go to because they had rookie quarterback in there, Kyle mm-hmm. Allen, and he just uh, he wasn't ready to run an NFL offense. So I think they get a little better, but I'm still thinking – six and 10 season for them um, because they're rebuilding. Right. The, uh, the next one's the Falcons. Uh, I see them as more of a 500, maybe nine and seven, uh, but could surprise. They, they started off terribly last year. I think they started off like one and seven at some point or one and six. Right. And ended up coming back and going seven and nine. So they went like six and three over the second half of the season or five and three. So, um, it just shows that, uh, yeah, they, they are a good team. They just got off to a terrible start. Um, Matt Ryan, he missed a couple games last year. Uh, that really hurt them. Uh, they have a good offense, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. Uh, they brought in Todd Gurley. Um, I expect them to be in the hunt for the playoffs. Um, the Bucks, I expect good things out of them, but I always do. Um, they brought in Brady. They're not going to have Jameis turning the ball over 43 times or something like he did last year. Something right. ridiculous. Um, their defense improved a lot over the second half of the season. They were the number one run defense all year, and then their secondary was really young, got a lot better. Um, I think Brady's going to be a lot smarter with the ball. They're probably not going to put up 5,000 yards passing like they have in the past, um, but I think he's going to – yeah, drive them down the field, distribute the ball to the playmakers they have. And I think their defense, if even if it just stays the same as it was last year, uh, Tampa Bay's looking at a 10-6 and six season. Um, but mm-hmm. the top of the division is still going to be the Saints. They have the most complete roster. They have the best defense. Um, their offense is just on a different level, uh, partly because they it's been the same system for – a decade now with Drew Brees and they just click on all cylinders. They, everybody knows what they need to do. They give the ball to Michael Thomas. They hand it off to Kamara. 
Uh, they move the ball down the field efficiently. So um, I'm looking at the Saints at 11 and five, maybe even 12 and four, uh, being at the top of that division. But with the new NFL playoff changes that they've implemented this year, there's going to be three wild card teams. Um, and I think you could see two of them come out of the NFC South. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely a possibility, especially with the Bucks. And well, we'll start with, uh, of course, we'll just go dig deep into the New Orleans Saints because they were the best team last year in this division. Uh, just going on with uh, Drew Brees. Uh, what do you think about uh, this guy? Do you see him having uh, uh, maybe, you know, of course he's, he is getting older in age. He is a Purdue guy, 41 years old. So is he a guy that you see maybe hits the old man wall or is he still going, you think? Um, I mean, his, I don't think he hits the wall. I think he's going to be about the same as what he's been over the past few years, which is a, a low QB one type of guy. Um, maybe mm-hmm. mid QB one, uh, missed some time last year, ended up as the QB 19 after missing those games with that thumb injury. Right. Um, and it's crazy. It's crazy, Scotty, that he missed five games last year. That was the most missed games that Drew Brees has had since back in 2003, uh, his uh, third year in NFL. Uh, he's missed maybe one or, you know, throughout the year, you know, throughout those years. But yeah, that's the most, and it was only five games but that was the most since 2003 which is pretty impressive yep yeah he their whole offense is quick reads get the ball out quick to the wide receivers hand it off so I I don't think that his age really impacts his decision making Um, his arm strength might decline a little bit as he gets older but the accuracy will still be there and he's not trying to thread the thread the ball into double coverage 25 yards down the field. He's throwing quick slants. He's throwing quick outs. Um, all these short intermediate passes um, that's based on timing and accuracy. And I don't think his age is going to impact that this year. Right. And of course, just looking at stats is, uh, yeah, he missed five games. And his first time not having over 3,000 yards uh, in his career, well, actually since his rookie year. Sorry, I wasn't counting that. But, uh, you know, <laughs> looking more into, Stats, kind of an interesting stat, Scotty. Um, in six home games uh, when, that Bruce, Breeze had last year, he averaged uh, 332.8 passing yards with 17 touchdowns. He is a home kind of guy because in, in his five away games, he averaged 196.4 yards with t- 10 touchdowns. So if you're drafting Drew Breeze, I mean, it might be a thing where you'd be like, okay, is he at home or is he away? Because he doesn't play good at all when he's not in the dome. Um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned the the road splits. Um, one of those games he got injured at, at the uh, Los Angeles Rams pretty early because he only had 38 yards passing. So I'm assuming that's kind of dragging down his average. Yeah. But in road games last year, you said there were five of them. Um, so mm-hmm. four of them outside of that Rams game uh, when he actually came back at Tampa, at Atlanta, at Tennessee, at Carolina, he actually had 12 touchdowns to one interception on the road or right. correction, 10 touchdowns, zero interceptions. So mm-hmm. it's even though he might have a, a slightly less yardage, um, still very effective passing the ball on the road. Um, it's just, For yeah, sure. playing outdoors. I mean, in the in the Superdome, they always have 
great crowd, which might be a factor this year uh, for everybody, since there's no not going to be a lot of crowd or any crowd at all. Um, but yeah, outdoors, inclement weather. He's gonna he's not going to throw as much as he can indoors in the dome. Right, absolutely. So I, I'm still a uh, I am still a Drew Brees believer. I think he'll get the job done. Uh, so, but they did pick up one of your uh, past quarterbacks now in Jameis Winston, a guy that, you know, spent five years with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that we all know uh, last year. I mean, seriously, I mean, five, over 5,000 yards, 33 touchdowns. Not, I mean, not that bad, right? Not bad. But if you throw 30 interceptions, uh, that, <laughs> that definitely uh, hurts those stats for sure. Um, but, you know, do you still think that Winston will have any any part of this this team here? Only if Drew Brees gets hurt. Um, right. There's no reason to bring him in. He went there to learn. Basically, he took a really low salary. Nobody in the NFL wanted to put him as their starter because they know how volatile he is. And, I mean, part of the reason he threw 5,000 yards is because he would throw an interception and Tampa Bay would get – be down I think he threw seven pick sixes last year which is the, an NFL record so he was always putting Tampa Bay at a at a, a disadvantage always getting them behind in the game and then they just had to throw it to catch up and so I mean I he's not gonna be any factor unless Drew Brees gets injured again right for sure and he is he is on a one-year deal correct yes uh, with New Orleans so I mean that's uh, be interested to see what happens next year. Moving along to the running backs, uh, Mr. Alvin Kamara. Uh, what do you think about this guy? Maybe lots of people are saying that he took a step back from his amazing year uh, two years ago. His stats weren't as good as they were uh, two years ago. But what do you think? What do you think about this stud? Um, I think that he's going to have a monster year again this year. Um, yeah, he might have taken a little step back. He was injured. Uh, he definitely wasn't the same as he's been in the past. He came out and said that he was dealing with a, a lower leg injury all year, a knee injury all year. Um, and he still managed to end up as the running back 12. Wow. So, uh, And that was with only five rushing touchdowns, um, six touchdowns total. So uh, he's definitely due for positive regression. He's going to... I think he's going to be a top five running back this year on the season as long as he stays healthy. Now, do you now? Of course, Scotty. If you're if you're in another league, the Kamara is taken off the board in our league. But if you're in another league, and I'm guessing you are, it, will you? When do you take Kamara? Do you take him like before a Barkley or an Elliott or maybe even Cook? Are you looking at him before those guys? Um, I think he is probably the fourth running back taken. I think it's McCaffrey, number one. Um, Ezekiel Elliott and Barkley are two and three, depending on which one you value more. And then I think Kamara's right there at number four. I think he's ahead of Dalvin Cook um, just because Kamara gets a lot more receiving work, and that's right. a huge benefit to his fantasy value. All right. Yep, I agree with you there. Um, so let's, let's – uh... You know, paint paint a picture in your head, Scotty. Uh, you're TC, okay? You got long, glorious hair, um, and you you have Kamara, um, Alan Kamara on your team. 
Okay, so you got hair in your face, you know, you're trying, you know, you're in draft day, you're trying to think about what to do. When do you go after uh, Camaro's handcuff in Murray? Is that someone you're, you know, trying to get as soon as possible, maybe earlier than normal? Or is it someone like, hey, if I get him, I get him. If I don't, I don't. Um, well, I mean, he proved that he's really valuable. Uh, because right. if Kamara goes out, I mean, he's going to get the the workhorse share. A uh, couple of weeks that Kamara missed, um, Latavius Murray had see 29.5 in week seven against Chicago and then 32.2 points in week eight against Arizona. And so he proved that he can be a, a stud number one type of running back if he gets the workload. Um, I do think that this season, even he might be more of the role of um, kind of that, that one, a type of running back where he's still going to get touches uh, even when Kamara was back, he was still getting 10 to 12 touches a game. So he All was right. also he's also getting the um, some of the goal line carries. He's a, a little bit bigger of a guy, uh, kind of that Mark Ingram role. Um, so I, I don't know exactly when you pick him up. Uh, I guess whenever you see value in drafting him, because handcuffs are kind of weird, especially this year if COVID, if the starting running back gets COVID, what's the chances that other guys in that locker room are going to have positive tests as well? So do you do you stack up on one team in handcuffs, knowing that uh, if a guy gets sick, his backups might be sick as well? Right. Um, so it's just a, it's a weird year, but I think Latavius Murray has standalone value um, for anybody really is kind of a, a late round, but if you're picking them up as a handcuff, it's got to be somewhere in the mid rounds. Right. And you know, with, with Murray, he's probably one of the best, uh, at least top three best handcuffs in the league. Uh, Tony Pollard probably being one of them as well. Uh, but definitely someone who will be drafted, uh, especially, you know, most likely I will see, um, you know, TC trying to get them earlier than some, I think he was actually picked up, someone else but I could be wrong maybe in a couple of years blending in but definitely a guy that I'm sure TC has a circle around uh, moving on to the wide receivers another guy that Mr. TC owns in the great Michael Thomas uh, the wide receiver number one last year the dude was just remarkable absolutely great year uh, 17 100 yards with 19 no, I'm sorry, not 99 receiving touchdowns. Uh, the dude was targeted 185 times, and he caught it 149. The dude was just a stud. You know, I do believe that, you know, I see those maybe numbers going down a little bit because they're just freaking mind-blowing numbers. Do you, are you uh, seeing those numbers just decline just a little bit for Mr. Thomas? Yeah, I mean, they have to. He set the NFL record for receptions in a season. You can't expect right. him to to break that or um, even match it. I mean, that's a, that's an insane feat and he's awesome. He had to put up a ton of points. Number one at his position. Um, I mean, even with defenses knowing that he, that was where the ball was going. So. Right. Um, right. Yeah. I think he's still going to be the top wide receiver, if not top three, uh, 
but I, I think the receptions and the yards will go down a little bit. Um, right. So, okay. So here's, here's another question. Uh, them adding Emmanuel Sanders, uh, you know, Sanders, you know, probably the best wide receiver too. And he's had that role for a little bit, a little bit now in his career. Do you see Sanders maybe helping Thomas and getting that attention off that stud? Or do you see, oh, well, Sanders can take away some, some receptions, targets, and possibly touchdowns. So you, so you see that add-on uh, from Sanders helping Thomas or hurting Thomas? I think Thomas might get some more touchdown um, because right. Sanders is getting some attention. But uh, Sanders is definitely going to take away some of those yards and receptions. Um, I don't think it really hurts Michael Thomas. But I just think it's, it's an opportunity to spread the ball around more. Um, I mean, Thomas had, yeah, 149 receptions and over 1,700 yards receiving last year. That's, that's going to be insane to repeat. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, maybe his touchdowns go up, but I think those yards and receptions come down. And I think Emmanuel Sanders is going to be a good, a good option as a, a later round wide receiver. That was my next question. That was definitely my next question. If Sanders is going to be drafted in uh, leagues, and especially our league, do you think Sanders is going to be going to be drafted? Period. Yeah, he's going to be drafted. I would say in a in a normal like twelve person league, he's probably going in like I don't know the sixth to eighth round. Um, I would guess in that range. Uh, mm-hmm. In our league, it's a little different. We only have eight guys. And we have the keepers. Um, I would see him going probably fifth to seventh round in our league. Um, right, right. And, and you know, of course, Sanders isn't a isn't a bum. I mean, this guy he's definitely. I mean, he's getting a little bit up there with age, the age thirty three. But I mean, he's still a guy who does you know quick speed. He he played with the 49ers last year, missed a few games, and uh, did when he when he was with Denver a few years ago. There was like three years in a row he had over a thousand yards. I mean, he is a very good wide receiver, and like I said, I think he's a great wide receiver two option, especially for Drew Brees and Michael Thomas. I think he fits in perfectly there. I'm uh, moving on to the wide receiver three and uh, Traquan Smith, a guy they picked up in the third round a couple of years ago. Uh, didn't have the 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 best year that people thought he was going to. Uh, he also uh, suffered some injuries, uh, but. Do you see this guy maybe being a uh, being a fantasy guy? Uh, no, I think it's Michael Thomas. Traquan wasn't a fantasy guy last year when he was getting uh, more of the workload. I think with Sanders there, he's going to decrease. The only two wide receivers on this team I see really any value for, especially being drafted, are Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Right, right, and just moving this. Moving along to his uh, tight ends, Jared Cook, by far number one tight end on this team. Uh, his very first year with the with the Saints last year, not too bad. Uh, missed two games, but he did have over uh, 700 yards with nine touchdowns, and that was with uh, Teddy Bridgewater throwing him uh, some balls there when Breeze was out. Uh, Jared Cook, still in, in our league, still a good tight end option, number one option. Um, yeah, he finished as the tight end seven last year. The thing is, though, is so much of his uh, fantasy points came from touchdowns. Like he only had 43 receptions on the year. Uh, I think you said that was in what, 15 games, uh, 14 games, 14. Yep. So he averaged right around three receptions a game, but he had nine touchdowns. 
Um, mm-hmm. So he's he's an end zone option, um, but I think those touchdowns are definitely going to come down. And, I mean, you look at his game log, there's only two games that he had more than uh, four receptions. And there's only – and over half of his games, he had less than that. I mean, a few – two catches, two catches, one catch, two catches. Uh, he was pretty up and down, had some big touchdowns, um, no games with over 100 yards receiving. So – I think he's a good option because tight end's pretty weird in the NFL outside of those top two or three guys. Um, right. So I think he's definitely one of the better options just because of the offense he plays in. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. I still think, see, you know, I won't judge anybody if they pick up Jared Cook and slot him in there in the very first tight end spot. So let's move along past those Saints onto our second team in our division. Uh, seven and nine last year is the Atlanta Falcons. And we'll start with uh, the great Matt Ryan, a quarterback that's been there for some uh, some time now, feels like. Uh, a guy that, uh, uh, like you said, Scotty, they didn't do very good last year. Uh, he didn't. He only missed one game, but he he's a guy who, you know, his touchdown numbers went down. Uh, it went from two years ago, went to 35. This year, went to 26. Uh in 2018, he had seven interceptions. This year, he had 14. Um, but I think, you know, he won't, you know, that's a fluke. He won't get a, as bad as a year like that last year. I mean, they just, you know, they just weren't good. I don't think uh, there was times they just looked awful, especially those first eight games. They, they didn't look good. Uh, but with Matt Ryan, it's still a guy, in my opinion, uh, he is, I mean, especially in our league where you have two quarterbacks, he's a guy I, be, I feel very confident putting in at least one of those two spots. Do you agree or no? Yeah, and I'm just looking at his game log. Um, He got injured against the Rams. Looks like the Rams took out a lot of quarterbacks last year. Um, And, I mean, I think – so he played 15 games, and out of those 15, he only had four where he threw less than 300 yards through the air I mean the the Falcons want to pass the ball he's got Julio to throw it to and Calvin Ridley so um, I'm definitely looking at him as a one of the top quarterback prospects outside of um, Lamar Jackson and Pat Mahomes and uh, even like Dak Prescott like those top tier guys Um, I think Matt Ryan's definitely in the conversation every year as a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Right, right, for sure. I mean, let's not forget, he opened the 2019 season with uh, uh, six straight 300-yard games, and he ended up 11 uh, over 300 yards. So that's impressive. But let's, let's, you know, another thing that we got to remember, this dude was sacked 48 times uh, in in last year, which I think led led the league in sacks given up with the Falcons. I mean, he was just not protected well, and hopefully uh, that's changed a little bit. Um, and that's probably the reason why he threw <laughs> 14 interceptions. Uh, but, I mean, with this really – I think he's one of the best quarterbacks. I mean, you got to protect the guy. Yeah, yep. He And just to show how tough he is, last year he missed that game, and it was the first game he's missed since 2009. Um, so he's a tough dude. He's – He's durable. I mean, he missed that one game. Uh, I think it was his knee, but he's a he's a statue. He's not taking off running. It's not going to impact his game as long as he can stand and throw off of a, a lower leg injury like that. So um, the dude's tough. He's always throwing the ball. 
and I think he's always a good fantasy option. Right, for sure. So um, let's let's move on to the running backs, and of course they lost uh, Devontae Freeman, as we all know. They did add another guy on their team, and a guy as the name of a Todd Gurley. I think we all know him, a guy who spent the last four years in uh, – uh, I was I was going to say L.A., but it was, you know – uh, well, actually, yeah, four years. He was drafted by St. Louis, and then L.A. changed their four years ago. Dang, it's been four years. Oh, feels like it's been shorter than that. But, anyways, uh, last year was not a very good year for him. Um, I mean, it's just – it's crazy this guy with – uh, with his with his injuries and everything that's going on, I mean, this dude was a stud, uh, uh, you know, especially two years ago, um, on a better team, in a better, uh, uh, you know, atmosphere, on a new team. How do you think Todd Gurley is going to do this year uh, in, in the backfield of Matt Ryan? Um, it really depends on if he was limited last year as far as his touches because of that degenerative knee or if he was limited his touches because he would just lost a step and he's not as good as he once was. Um, I mean, the Rams, they made him the richest running back in league history a couple of years ago. And they were, they dealt him away and took money, uh, paid money to ship him off to the Falcons. Um, mm-hmm. Essentially. I mean, they ate cap and I think, I think he was a free agent. They just cut him basically and ate the cap space. And um, so uh, I I don't know. I think it's yet to be seen if he is the same Todd Gurley that was winning leagues a few years ago and running all over the place, or if he's really on the the downhill slide with that bad knee he has. Heck, man! I mean, I've seen reports already in camps with uh with the Atlanta Falcons that you know he was he was seen leaving uh practice limping. And I'm just, I looked at that, I'm like, holy moly, not, not again. And, of course, he's a guy that who, who is currently on my team as of right now. It was a guy that, you know, I was probably not going to keep, uh, but mainly because of that reason. Uh, but, I mean, it's, it's, it's a thing where if the dude stays healthy, it, it's, I mean, he could, I mean, I don't see him going back to the, 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 tur- the turd. Todd Gurley that we we knew before, but I mean it's a thing where you, you never know on an on this uh, high offense Atlanta Falcons team, and it could be good for him. Uh, we'll we'll just you know time will tell, I guess, when it comes to Todd Gurley. Yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, if you look at his game log last year, no games over a hundred yards rushing. Yes. Um, he ended up as the running back fourteen, but he had twelve rushing touchdowns. I mean, he only had eight hundred and fifty-seven yards rushing the entire season over 220 carries. So he just wasn't effective. Uh, that could be partly because the Rams had a terrible offensive line too. Um, mm-hmm. It's So it just remains to be seen. I think that somebody's going to reach at Todd Gurley in the first couple rounds of our draft, um, which, yeah, I just think somebody's going to do it because the name's there. He's in a, a better offense um, that might focus on him a little bit more. But I, I just don't know what the future holds for him right i mean of course if i don't use my magic scotty and uh uh trade him before uh trade him to somebody that's looking for a keeper uh which is a high possibility that i still have some magic in my bag but we will see i see him getting picked up in the first round mainly because what you said uh somebody in that name is still attractive 
and people will, you know, at least one of those guys will be like, hey, Todd Gurley, maybe in the late first round, why not? You know, like a new team, you know, we'll, we'll see. So uh, moving on to those wide receivers, the best wide receiver, one of the best wide receivers in the game still, Mr. Julio Jones had another fantastic year. Uh, I mean, not as good as, you know, compared stats. Uh, two years ago, he had a, a 1,677 receiving yards this year. He, he only had uh, 1,394. Uh, just joking. He had another great year. Uh, caught it almost 100 times, six touchdowns. Uh, keeper uh, for for the new, uh, for actually for the uh, Fresh Prince of Hilaire's team. Um, a, a guy that is still one of the best wide receivers. And I see him, Scotty having another great year even if he's 31 who cares the dude's a beast yep yeah i mean somewhat he only had 1394 receiving yards last year kind of disappointing that's the first time since 2013 he's had below 1400 yards receiving in a season um so he (laughs) just every year the dude's just going out and catching 100 balls and um putting up insane yardage numbers uh his touchdowns aren't as doesn't get as many touchdowns as some of the other guys um I mean he still he had six last year he had eight the year before everybody remembers back to 2017 when he only had three receiving touchdowns all year and everybody called him a disappointment Um, but he's always going out there he's getting the ball thrown to him he's catching it and he's putting up numbers every single year and I don't see why he's not going to do it again this year Right. And of course, another good reason picking up, going back to the, our discussion with Matt Ryan, another great reason why picking up Matt Ryan is genius ideas because of Julio Jones and because the emergence of Calvin Ridley, the wide receiver two for the Falcons, a guy who's approaching his third year, was uh, picked up in the first round back in 2018. I'll tell you what, this guy is, uh, I think he's undercover. I'm a guy that, you know, he's not getting the attention that he deserves. Um, I see him, even though he's a wide receiver, too. Um, he's on a high uh, offense. I think he should be drafted in our league. Uh, of course, he, in our league, he should be drafted in the first round. A uh, guy who, who, who especially, I mean, people are pushing him back because, oh, well, he's behind Julio Jones, blah, 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 blah. The dude is still very good. And, he, like I said, with that, Matt Ryan throwing the ball, he's still going to get his targets and receptions. Yeah, and uh, he's been in the league two years. Both years, he's had over 800 yards receiving, uh, right around 63, 64 receptions. Um, And then the biggest fantasy value for him is that in the red zone, when Julio's getting double teamed, he's getting open. And he's had, he had 10 touchdowns his rookie year and seven touchdowns last year. So yeah, he's... um, He's definitely a good option. Uh, I know a lot of people are calling for his breakout year. Um, I think he's had great seasons the last couple of years, so I don't know if you could even call it a breakout for him. Right. I mean, they're probably looking at maybe over 1,000 yards from this guy. You know, having two wide receivers over 1,000 yards, it's not a bad – that's not a bad year. Um, especially, you know, I do believe that. And I, won't, I wouldn't put it past him with Matt Ryan. Um, and also they have Russell Gage, a, a three-year guy, and also Laquan uh, – uh, Treadwell, uh, that we all, I'm sure Keegan is aware of uh, who that guy is. Other wide receivers uh, alongside with those two studs. Um, moving on to the tight end spot, they no longer have Austin Hooper. They did pick up Hayden Hurst, uh, third uh, third year guy, approaching his third year. 
spent the last two years with Baltimore kind of faded, especially last year. I mean, this this dude was drafted in the first round. Um, and back back in 2018, he was. Like I said, he was faded because of Mark Andrews. Um, do you see this guy maybe taking that Austin Hooper role? Yeah, I really think he does. Um, thinking back to when he was drafted, he was picked by the Ravens before Lamar Jackson in the right. first round. Uh, they traded back up into the 32nd overall pick to take Jackson. And so when they drafted him, they expected him to be this stud tight end. Um, they also drafted Mark Andrews in the third round that year. And we all know what happened with Mark Andrews. He's kind of outshined him. Mm-hmm. But the, the Falcons gave up a second-round pick to bring Hayden Hurst in after Austin Hooper left. And so I really think that they're going to try to take him and move him right into that starting role. Um, coming out of college, he was expected to be this big play tight end, uh, consistent receiver type. And then it seems like when he got to the Ravens, they kind of switched to that run-heavy offense, and he just never really found his stride. So... I know he had, um, coming out of college, he was also a baseball player, and I think he had some sort of injury with baseball, uh, and it sort of kind of put him on the slow track in the NFL because he was recovering from an injury. But I really expect him to be, um, I don't know if a top 10 tight end is the right way to put it, uh, just because we haven't seen enough of him. But I think he's going to surprise people, and he's definitely going to be a lot better than he has, uh, than he ever was with the Ravens. Right. I mean, definitely a high possibility he could sneak his way in the top 10. Uh, but him seeing maybe number, the same numbers as Austin Hooper, I don't know yet. I mean, the dude had uh, 787 receiving yards, uh, Austin Hooper, last year when he was with uh, when he was with Atlanta. But he didn't, uh, even with his Hooper missing like three games. Uh, I don't see maybe those numbers, maybe in, a little, in the future. But I do see him taking a huge step forward his third year, especially in this Atlanta Falcons offense for sure. Um, so we'll see there. Uh, let's move on to uh, possibly one of the worst teams in the division, um, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, hey, now. <laughs> oh, just joking. But they, they, they did have some great pieces added. Uh, Scotty, are you happy of their offseason moves? Yeah, I really like the move to bring in Brady. Um, Brady wants to prove that he can win without Bill Belichick. And I think he went to arguably one of the the best offenses in the league as far as skilled players. Um, I think their offensive line is going to surprise a lot of people. They were they were really solid last year. I mean, Jameis wasn't turning the ball over because he was getting hit behind the line of scrimmage all the time. He was just throwing it directly at linebackers chests. Um, And they they spent their first round draft pick on Tristan Wirfs, that giant of a man um, offensive tackle. (laughs) <laughs> and coming out of Iowa, and I, I really think that um, they're going to be able to protect Brady, and he's going to be able to sling the ball around mm-hmm. to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Gronk and O.J. Howard and Cameron Brayton, all these other uh, weapons they have. And I think they're going to be a really good team because um, Brady's going to—he's not going to turn the ball over. One thing I do worry about is that they haven't had time really together like they would in a normal off season. Like he's mm-hmm. coming into a completely new system. Uh, all the wide receivers, they need to be able to run routes with them and work on timing. And they haven't really got a lot of that this year. So that's one thing I'm worried about that they will likely get off to a slower start. 
and have right. a really vanilla offense because they don't have that that offseason time to work together. Right. But, I mean, heck, man, if, if one guy can do it, Mr. Tom Brady can, the, the, the greatest player of all time. And, heck, I'm, you know, I'm just saying that I'm not a – I'm a Indianapolis Colts fan. I mean, I, watching Tom Brady destroy the Colts is not my top ten awesome things to watch. I mean, I did not like watching Tom Brady – uh, play football when, uh, on the Patriots team, but uh, I, I do recognize greatness when I see it. And Tom Brady is 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 definitely one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Um, even him going on this team, he has more weapons now uh, with those two stud wide receivers. He did bring the WWE champion on uh, uh, with him, um, and it, we'll we'll just he is 43 years old, but heck, man, he's still. Uh, so talented. I, I do believe he's going to do good things with Tampa Bay. And like I said, Tampa Bay won seven and nine, seven and nine last year. He turns his team into a possible. I think you kind of said it too. I think they go ten and six. I mean, I, I simply see that team being ten and six now. Yeah, I mean that's kind of my thinking. Um, but like I said, I'm a little biased. Uh, but that's just that's kind of how I see it playing out. I mean, well, yeah, I'm definitely not biased. I don't, I don't have, I don't like the Buccaneers. I mean, no offense. I mean, <laughs> I have nothing. But I see, like I said, greatest player of all time can turn a team around like that. Uh, like I said, with 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 LeBron, going back to LeBron, uh, I mean, he changed the Cleveland Cavaliers. Boom, in a flick of uh, his fingers, moving that team to a greatness. And I think Tom Brady's one of the best, and he will turn that team around. And they weren't even that like they weren't even that like awful. Uh, they no, were... they they had a. I'm just looking right now. They lost. I think six of their nine losses were by less than seven points. Right. I mean, they they lost to San Francisco in Week One last year, 31-17. Jameis Winston threw two pick sixes in that game. So that's that's a 14 point swing right there. Um, they lost to New York Giants, 32 to 31. Uh, their kicker missed a 40-yard field goal at the end of the game. Or it was like it was like 32 yards. So they lost by one point to the Giants. I mean, they had a ton of heartbreaking one-loss games. They lost in overtime to the Seahawks. They lost to Tennessee Titans by four points. They lost to the Saints by seven points. They lost to Houston by three points when Jameis threw four interceptions in a game. Goodness. And I mean, they lost to Atlanta the last week of the year in overtime. So I mean, they they could have easily been ten and six last year if Jameis Winston didn't throw thirty interceptions. Right, uh, you know I'm I'm no expert, but I'm sure that didn't help at all. Um, but like I mean, like I said, Tom Brady will he will turn that team around, no doubt about it. Uh, moving on to the running backs, a uh, uh, discussion that could take several hours if you take it. Uh, you know they have they have a. Uh, uh, a lots, lots of mouths to see when it comes to Ronald Jones, McCoy, and that rookie Vaughn they picked up. Um, when let's just start with Ronald Jones, who, as I'm reading, like I'm sure you can add on to this, Scotty, but who's probably in, in the front runner of being the starter week one is Ronald Jones, a guy that they picked up in the second round a couple years ago. Um, you know, it, I don't want to say that he's been disappointing. But, I mean, he did, you know, just looking at his numbers, his rookie year didn't do anything. But his last year, I thought it was disappointing. And some, you know, some can say that, you know, they can agree with me. But he did take a huge step forward. 
Uh, he, he played all 16 games. He had over 700 yards with six touchdowns. But what concerns me now is that Ronald Jones is not a guy that, unless he just goes absolutely nuts, he's not a guy I'm going to draft because of McCoy, because of that rookie they just picked up in last year's draft or this year's draft. I mean, like, I, I still kind of believe in him, but it, it's this the committee that, they, he, that the Buccaneers have. It concerns me. Yeah. Um, so I think Ronald Jones is going to keep improving uh, from his last couple of years. Um, I think he's a good talent. Uh, when he was coming out of USC, he just wasn't ready to play in the NFL. He came out as a 21-year-old running back. Um, so he's really young. Uh, he was pretty undersized. He's put on a lot of muscle over the last two years, kind of build his body towards being more NFL ready. Um, last year, Peyton Barber was kind of the, the in between the tackles guy. Cause he was just a harder runner. Um, I think Ronald Jones is, he could have a breakout year, but uh, like you said, with those other running backs, not sure how much it's going to happen. They drafted Keyshawn Vaughn, the third round out of Vanderbilt. Um, he's got a good skill set. He's a lot better in, pass protection and working out of the shotgun. Uh, so that's kind of why they wanted to go with him. But one thing that's interesting is that Ronald Jones is actually younger than Keyshawn Vaughn. That's what I was going to ask you. I wasn't sure if you, I, I was just going to say that. Like, so I think I thought you mentioned in another episode, but yeah, <laughs> that's, that's crazy thing to think about. And yeah, it's just one thing to show you how young Ronald Jones is um, when they're drafting rookie running backs that are older than him. Um, and then they, they signed LaShawn McCoy. Uh, and that could, I mean, honestly, they, he might not even make the roster. Um, but right. he's, kind of, he's kind of a guy that's always ran out of that. He's comfortable in the shotgun. He's comfortable picking up blitzes. And whichever running back is going to protect Tom Brady the best in pass protection is going to be the one that gets on the field a lot of the time. And I think that's why they brought in LaShawn McCoy. Um, as far as fantasy value, the only one I really see right now is Ronald Jones. Maybe Keyshawn Vaughn is kind of a late-round stash pick that could end up getting a bigger role later in the season. So you see, you see those guys, of course, getting picked up before McCoy. Yeah, I, I, I don't think LaShawn McCoy gets drafted. Right, right. I agree with you. I agree with you there. Uh, moving on to the great wide receivers. Now, we talked about them a little bit with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Uh, I have a gun to your head, Scotty. Who's the first one you're going to pick in these wide receivers, Godwin or Evans? Uh, Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin, by far or close? No, I just think that Chris Godwin is going to be better suited to what Tom Brady is best at, which is um, he quick underneath routes, and um, Mike Evans is more of a down-the-field threat. Uh, I think Mike Evans will get a lot of targets, and – some of those intermediate passes, but I think Chris Godwin's going to be the guy that gets more of Tom Brady's attention because he runs more of that underneath and intermediate route tree. Right. Yep. Now, just going off subject just a little bit, Mike Evans or Amari Cooper? Mike Evans. Okay. Okay. Now, of course, uh, Q uh, had – he picked Mike Evans over Amari Cooper, traded Amari Cooper – so I was just checking to see, you know, of course, a different mind and see if you know, he made the right decision there. Yeah, I, I really like Mike Evans. I mean, he's been in the league six years and he's had over a thousand yards each season. The only wide receiver right. to ever yep. do that. Mm -hmm. um, so he's really consistent. Granted, that's 
five of those years were with Jameis. Um, I forget who was the quarterback his rookie year. Some bum, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, I still think he's going to be able to get it done. He's an awesome talent, and he's going to be a great wide receiver, even when Tom Brady's thrown in the ball. So, Right, and, of course, you said he, he's had over 1,000 yards um, in, in, in his career. That's, that's, he, I think he joined Randy Moss. Uh, I think Randy Moss is the only guy who's done that with him. So that's a cool uh, name, cool guy to throw your name alongside with. Uh, uh, Chris Godwin, uh, another guy, uh, had a huge step forward. I mean, a huge step forward his third year, uh, 1,333 yards to be exact, receiving-wise. Um, nine touchdowns, the dude was a stud. Do you see him doing you know, similar numbers with the new quarterback in Tom Brady? Uh, I don't know if he's has quite those numbers that he did last year. I think he might have more receptions. I mean, he only had 86 receptions last year, uh, but he, yeah, a ton of yards, over 1,300 yards. Um, maybe the touchdowns go down a little bit. Nine's pretty high. Uh, but I think, I mean, I've been watching Chris Godwin since he was drafted uh, four years ago, and every year he was always a stud. He was good at making contested catches. He was really good in the red zone. He never drops the ball. Like he has the surest hands on the team. And so I think that, yeah, Brady's going to fall in love with him and he's going to keep putting up big numbers. Right, right. So with the, with the wide receiver three, Perriman is gone now. A guy who was pretty much a clear-cut uh, wide receiver three. He matched well with Godwin and Evans. Who is that dude now? Mr. Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson. Uh, who is it? Um. Eventually, I think it's going to be Tyler Johnson. Uh, he was drafted in the fifth round this year, and pretty much every analyst and draft recap I read said that any other NFL draft season that didn't have a historic wide receiver class, Tyler Johnson is a like a third-round pick. Um, he's super talented coming out of Minnesota, uh, another guy who kind of reminds me of Chris Godwin. He's really good, sharp route runner. Um, he catches everything. He always was making contested catches. And I just think he's uh, he eventually takes that role. But Scotty Miller's more familiar with the offense. And I think he, to begin the year, he's going to be that slot wide receiver, a little speedy white guy running around out there. Um, when we know how much Tom Brady loves his little white receivers. So. Uh, <laughs> Scotty Miller could be sneaky, um, but I think it's Tyler Johnson's role uh, in the second half of the season. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right, so moving on to the tight ends. They did pick up this guy I haven't heard of before, Rob Gronkowski. Did I say that right? Yeah, that was pretty close. <laughs> yeah, Big Rob, Big Gronk is returning back to the NFL. Uh, hopefully this year uh, was a good rest. Or I'm sorry, last year uh, was a good rest for him. He's back on a new team with a similar quarterback. Uh, so with the, with the appearance of Gronk now, uh, and OJ Howard is still on this team. They didn't even, I, I mean, you could correct me if I'm wrong, Scott. They didn't even, I don't even think they looked to get rid of OJ Howard. They're still planning on using that guy did not have a good year last year. Um, how are those two going to connect? Is it more Gronk than OJ or are they going to use OJ more than what we're thinking? Um, it's going to be an interesting situation to see play out because everybody's talking Gronk OJ, Gronk OJ, Gronk OJ. 
but now nobody's really talking about Cameron Brait. And Cameron Brait actually was the 25th tight end last year, which is nothing to write home about. Um, But O.J. Howard was the 30th. So he actually outscored O.J. Howard last year. Um, (laughs) And Cameron Brait, I mean, every year the dude is putting up touchdowns. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think since 2016, he is second in the league from tight end touchdown perspective. I mean, every year he gets – Last year was a down year, and he had four. He had six the two years before that, and then he had eight in 2016. So he's always been a, a red zone monster. He's he's a different type of tight end, though. He's more of a like a big slot type of guy. Um, he's considered an H-back. So he's mm-hmm. not usually lining up in a three-point stance on the line of scrimmage and taking on defensive ends like O.J. Howard and Gronk will do. He's going to be standing up and running out of um, – more of that wing position that's uh, off the line of scrimmage. So it's going to be interesting. I think Bruce Arians talked about how Tampa Bay's base package is going to be 12 personnel, which means one running back and two tight ends. Um, And so I think you're going to see a lot of Gronk and OJ lining up and blocking people down the field. And sometimes Cameron Braid will come in there. And I think it's just going to be changing out throughout the season and all three of these guys are going to be involved. But as far as who I draft, uh, I'm not until they start playing games. I don't trust any of them to be a consistent fantasy producer. Right. I mean, I you know, the, the, the idea of Gronk coming back really excited me. Um, so, you know, of course I was riding that hype train. I was all about, well, I'm going to, I'm going to draft Gronk. I'm going to get him pretty early now, you know, doing more studying more research, uh, them, you know, still trusting O.J. Howard is concerning. So it's a thing where do I do I want to give myself a headache every week and uh, worry about Gronk and just you know, drafting him? Or, you know, I'm probably I, – I, as of right now, I might stay away uh, from that tight end uh, – from those tight end guys. Uh, but who knows? Uh, you know, my name is Justin Ruff, and I'm a wild card. So uh, <laughs> it, could, it could change uh, tomorrow. So moving on to the last team in this division, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, This year they added a new quarterback, Mr. Teddy Bridgewater, a guy who, um, of course, was was good enough at one point for a owner in our league to have named his team after. Um, It's ridiculous. (laughs) uh, Him going for the Minnesota Vikings last year. He was with the Saints, uh, played a few games when – uh, Breeze was out, but now he's got the starting role replacing Cam Newton. Uh, what do you think about Mr. Teddy? Uh, do you see him in our league, since we are starting two quarterbacks, taking over one of those slots? I'm sure somebody will throw him as their second quarterback slot. Um, as far as the production he's going to have, I'm not sure. I mean, he was he was okay with the Saints. Um he wasn't fantastic by any means uh, when he was filling in for Drew Brees, and he's going to a worse offense now. Right, right. <laughs> um, but it's it's also an offense that is his to run. He's not the backup who's going to come in, so he's getting all of the first team reps with the Panthers. Uh, I'm sure they're working to kind of um, build that offense to suit more of his strengths, uh, especially because they have the new the new coach in there with Matt rule. And um, I think he could be one of those fringe guys, maybe a streaming type of quarterback that 
uh, people pick up and throw in their second. But if you only have a one quarterback league, he's he's not even sniffing those top 12 spots. Right. I mean, I totally agree with you. Um, he, he's maybe, maybe a guy that I would pick up and put in the uh, put in my bench and see how he does. Not a guy I feel confident putting in one of my two quarterback slots yet, uh, but we will see. Uh, moving on past those quarterbacks already, moving to uh, uh, the running backs and um, Chris McCaffrey. I don't really know much about the guy. I don't really – there's not a lot of good things to say about him. Um, but he is one of the best fantasy football players of all time. The dude is – freaking insane and every day i am jealous that tc owns the guy i mean the the dude is just he's 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 crazy i mean he is he's, a great guy i mean according to one one guy in our league he's uh he's almost as good as miles sanders so. <laughs> he's almost keyword there almost as good scotty um yeah i we've everybody's talked about christian mccaffrey like Everybody, if you have the first overall pick, draft him. And that, I mean, that's, I I heard something the other day that if you just take, took his receiving numbers from last year, um, he would have been like the 10th wide receiver in fantasy points. Mm -hmm. Um, He he had over, he's had over a hundred receptions the last two years. Um, coming from a running back over a thousand yards i just yeah just if you have the first overall pick draft christian caffrey hands down you'd be silly not to uh, but lots of people you know I, I've, I've done some other research and listened to many podcasts of course uh, but lots of you know some people are concerned about the new offensive coordinator uh joe brady uh but who i might add is our age scotty which is kind of weird but um Let's not forget that he I mean, he fed Clyde Edwards Hilaire the most receptions uh, in 20 years in the, SA, the SEC in college football. Uh, so the, the dude knows how to feed monsters, and I there shouldn't even be concerned about don't, that that dude. Don't call Clyde Edwards Hilaire a monster. And in college football, he is. He, he, he had an okay season. He was fun to watch, Scotty. You want to hear something? He wasn't a monster. He had one decent year with the most prolific offense in NCAA history, and everybody's <laughs> freaking out about him. Jonathan Taylor had more rushing yards last season than Clyde Edwards Hilaire had in his collegiate career. I don't mm-hmm. want to hear about how he had such a great year. Yes, he is good. I think he'll be a good NFL running back, but it's not like he – was tearing it up. I mean, Christian McCaffrey has like the third most or fourth most total yards in an NCAA season ever. <laughs> I mean, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, he was okay. Like he had a, I don't even think half of his games were over a hundred yards rushing. I mean, so don't com- try to compare the two. Hey, hey, Clay, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is next McCaffrey 2.0. Is that better, Scotty? Is that what? Yes. <laughs> Uh, what I meant was he was a good quarterback in college, very good quarterback in college, and that offense coordinator knows that. So I'm sure he's going to feed the great monster in Christian McCaffrey. Is that better? Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> but I don't agree with CEH being a monster. 
Okay. Okay. Not point yet. taken. Yeah. Not yet. Point taken. Hey, I, why don't you tell Jacob McKinley that I'm just named a team after? And we'll, maybe we'll, if we'll, I <laughs> maybe if I badmouth him enough, he'll he'll let him slide. Past there the first you go. Game. There you go. Uh, but all right. So move alongside uh, that that monster there, um, Christian McCaffrey. Of course, not much to talk about after him. Running back wise, uh, moving on to the wide receivers. DJ Moore, another guy who I think is going to have uh, a breakout year. Kind of had a breakout year last year. The dude was uh, drafted a couple years ago and took that huge step, not in touchdowns really, but uh, in receiving he was. He was targeted 135 yards, uh, over 1,000 yards uh, receiving-wise. Uh, do you see DJ Moore uh, flirting with uh, – actually, he's going to be a keeper now in our league – but more of a top end wide receiver. Um, I think, yeah, I think right around that 10 mark, um, give or take a couple spots, I would have to look at the rankings of how I have them. But um, yeah, he's the number one in that offense. He had 1,175 yards last year. I think Teddy Bridgewater will get him the ball more accurately and consistently than Kyle Allen did. Um mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I think he's a good wide receiver, and I think he'll finish probably around. Yeah, he'll be a, a wide receiver one, so a top twelve guy. Right. Yep. Absolutely. And like I said, I don't, I won't be surprised at all if he goes in the top ten. Um, probably the second, you know, up for debate. The second and third guy for the wide receivers on the Panthers team is Robbie Anderson. They just picked up from the New York Jets. I'm not very high on. He was a disappointment. Fourth round pickup for me last year. Uh, so fourth round, so that would be eighth round in regular drafts. Uh, that's when I picked him up. But uh, he, he was best available at the time, and it was a very bad decision. Didn't do very good last year. Uh, and also with Curtis Samuel, a guy who was very hyped last year, didn't fill those shoes in very well. How do you feel about those two guys on the Panthers? Um. Right now, I think they're kind of interchangeable. Uh, I think Robbie Anderson's talented, but yeah, he's got a lot to prove. And um, Curtis Samuel was kind of hyped up last year and didn't really do a whole lot. Um, it'll just be who who is uh, who wants it more between those two. They're both quicker guys. Um, I think they're both talented, but uh, they're fighting for that second spot behind DJ Moore right now. Uh, fantasy football worth picking up or? Uh, yeah, but I'm not sure which of the two I would draft first right now. Um, I would probably go with Curtis Samuel a little bit ahead of Robbie Anderson, just because he knows the offense and Robbie Anderson was a free agent acquisition. Right. Right. And I would, uh, personally would pick Curtis Samuel over Robbie Anderson uh, because of the history. So <laughs> moving on to those wide receivers, uh, Ian Thompson, a guy who finally has the driver's seat in the tight end spots after Greg Olson is gone now. Uh, Ian Thompson, a guy who he went to IU. I, I loved watching him when he was with the Hoosiers. Um, finally, like I said, finally the, the top guy there. Uh, what do you think about this guy? Do you think uh, that he can be – Fantasy worth picking up? I, you know, I personally think, you know, me being an IU guy, I don't see him being a fantasy guy right now. Uh, but what do you think? No. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I he's not going to be better than 15 other tight ends or however many. There's so many guys that are more experienced and everything else. I, I don't see him doing anything fantasy worthy. Um, right. But who knows? Uh, I mean, at least to start the year, I don't see it. But maybe he fits right into the offense and starts playing and uh, you pick him up on the waivers of couple weeks in but i would not draft him right and, and another thing that concerns me uh teddy bridgewater didn't really look at jared cook a lot last year in those those like five games that he played uh so that's another thing that uh concerns me but i mean ian thompson's still very young be interesting to see what he does if not this year then maybe next year so uh, all right scotty boom we are done pretty long episode pretty long uh, time to uh merge knowledge into your brain any last words of this great division uh go bucks ready oh, for the season to start i don't want to hear it had to listen to you and jake talk about the colts and titans for five and a half <laughs> hours so hey we tried to prove you wrong man you said a, a good six minute episode we made it 126 minutes yeah, good, 126 minutes and 119 of them were talking about jonathan taylor and derrick henry so Oh, those, those are bad little topics. <laughs> this, <laughs> hey, that's that's better than talking about the backup quarterback for the Patriots, right? Yep, yep. I uh, <laughs> heard enough about Stidham, so. <laughs> All right, well, hey, Scotty, thanks again for blessing us with your presence. Uh, we will uh, for sure get you on before draft night, uh, getting closer and closer, my man. So thank you so much, and uh, you have a great rest of your day, all right? You too, Mr. Ruff. All right. Well, hey, thank you again. Thanks for listening. And you have listened to the Flawcast Network. Stay safe.